Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I have with me a very, very interesting entrepreneur from the Netherlands, Mr. Clive D'Souza. Clive, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you. Uh, Clive is the founder and CEO of Vegano, spelt with a double V. Um, which is, and we're going to talk about veganism and veg, uh, today with Clive. So Clive, let's start with uh, Vegano. Tell me about your venture and what was your motivation to start? Yeah, uh, it probably has everything to do with <clears throat> my own lifestyle. Uh, so I've been a hardcore meat eater and dairy consumer all my life, just like most people. So nothing mm-hmm. different. Uh, but I've also had, you know, a very strong connection with animals. Mm-hmm. So I animals all my life again just like most people i think most people you know would uh, say the same uh, but uh, i mean with the advent of internet and you know once we once i started using a lot of it probably a decade back uh, when i was 1920 ish uh, i connected the dots i realized that okay this is one of the worst industries that exists on this planet in mm-hmm. terms of abuse the cruelty and what not uh, what i was referring to mainly at that time was the meat industry mm-hmm. I figured this, I immediately put, took meat out of my diet. Mm-hmm. That was the first step and I thought I was doing enough. Mm. Obviously, since I was researching more, I figured out that the dairy industry is just another side of the meat industry mm. and the leather and all the other animal-based uh, industries are all part of the same uh, horror that we cause to the animals. Right. So uh, this, of course, happened over one to two years where I, obviously I consumed a lot more information mm-hmm. because I still have the old paneer or the chocolate, etc. But once I found out, I, in my mind, I had made up, uh, you know, I had taken a conscious decision that I would uh, quit these. But yeah, I found out the alternatives, etc. And I just turned vegan, uh, you know, uh, eventually. And yeah, but this was around seven or eight years back. Mm. Uh, and then I, I was in Mumbai uh, when I figured this out. And by the time, then I moved to uh, Abu Dhabi in UAE. And when I was living there, I obviously took the plunge and became vegan. Uh, and then, yeah, now I've been in the Netherlands. And of course, I've been vegan since then. Wonderful. So before I come to Vegano, uh, as an entrepreneur, what have been some of your challenges and learnings as you have scaled up? Oh, the biggest challenge is the awareness. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, the f- very few things that I said at the start that I was able to connect the dots mm-hmm. that most people can't do. And I understand why, because I myself could not do that before I connected the dots, right? It right. still took me a good 20 years to figure mm-hmm. out. So I think that's firstly the biggest challenge because we're a world filled with animal lovers, but we don't connect with what's on our plate. That's from, you know, a customer point of view, that's the biggest challenge. And uh, yeah, the second part related to it would be the the money that you need to create a, this kind of awareness because this awareness should exist from the schools, but unfortunately it does not. So that, that's why we need this external awareness to be created, which of course, again, you know, you need to really have big pockets in order to create that or of course you need small, which is what we're trying to do. Mm, interesting. So, you know, it has often been said that vegetarian... Um, vegetarianism is not a complete diet you know I'm, I'm vegetarian i'm vegan myself but there is this general myth that unless you have non-vegetarian based proteins uh, you're not eating properly how are you countering this myth in vegano 
So firstly, I mean, if we just look at India, you know, mm-hmm. even keeping the science aside, uh, 33 to 35% of India mm-hmm. is vegetarian. Correct. Probably 80 to 90% of India is predominantly vegetarian, where, mm-hmm. where you still have a chicken or a mutton, something mm-hmm. on the side, but you have your rice, uh, you know, sort of dal, lentils, mm-hmm. and all that, and then have a portion. Uh, so... If we just think about it logically, when 80 to 90% of your meal itself is vegetarian mm-hmm. and you probably have meat once or twice a week, that itself defeats the understanding that we can't survive without meat. Correct. Right? That not be true. And of course, then uh, if we just want to get into more specifics, so many athletes, so many celebrities mm-hmm. or even celebrities, just environmentalists. I mean, the list can go on, but I don't want right. to take names Correct. right now. But that itself is an example so when I counter people who have doubts, if they're bodybuilding, I'll give them some examples of bodybuilders who are vegan. Athletes, we have such premier athletes in cricket, tennis, you name the sport, you have, you'll, you'll find a vegan. Of course, there aren't too many because people are only getting aware in the last decade or so. Correct. All this while we've been fed this lie that meat and dairy have been essential for our growth. And that's why you don't have as many vegans currently, but the number is growing. Mm, very interesting. And you also spoke about, you know, uh, cruelty-free diets and animal rights. How relevant is this in the minds of uh, human beings or people? It should be, but it's not. Unfortunately, Uh, like I said, it's something we're just getting there. This should start from at the school level. This should be part of our society. This should be shown in movies. Mm. In a subtle way, this should be part of our everyday discussions with family. But it's not. Mm. right. That's what I think a lot of these animal activists, uh, these NGOs, they're trying to do this. We're trying to educate the elders now, right? Because the elders will ultimately educate their children. Uh, That's what's difficult because as we know, once you turn into an adult, you tend to become stubborn. Mm. It's difficult to change your mindset because you've learned that over 30, 40 years, Mm. right? Yeah. After a point, uh, it just doesn't happen. So that, that I think is something we want to change. Correct. Not just us, but I'm sure there are a lot of vegan ventures across the globe, across India, who mm. are trying to create that uh, understanding and knowledge in the minds of people now. Mm. Interesting. And uh, how large do you think is the market for uh, plant-based or vegan products in India and globally? Uh, globally, we already see, I mean, uh, with, you know, big companies like Beyond Meat, Impossible Foods, and so many others, even mm. in the sector, you have Oatly, etc. So that already shows that there is a global demand because right. these companies are running uh, into sales of millions and projections of billions in the coming mm. decade. Mm. So, uh, but strictly limiting to India, of course, we're at a very nascent stage. The, market, the availability of market is massive because if you think of it, potentially every meat eater could be a potential target for a vegan meat. Right? Correct. The only mm. thing that's needed to change is the mindset. Correct. Every dairy consumer is a potential customer for plant-based alternative milks. Right? But again, it's just in the head. But yeah, uh, in India, it's growing relatively slower. But the good thing is a lot of brands are coming up who are uh, coming up with new kinds of meats and dairies, I think the more options that are available, you'll see more people shifting gradually. But yeah, there are uh, statistics, hard and fast statistics available in India, unfortunately, because of the lack of surveys. But yeah, I think we'll get there in a couple of uh, years. Very interesting. 
And, you know, for our viewers and listeners, what would you say are the advantages of becoming a vegan? Yeah. Firstly, veganism is one of the most selfless things you can do. Mm-hmm. So I'll strictly say that because that's what veganism is. It's not about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about you not harming another animal who you'll probably never meet. So it's a very thankless thing that you're doing here. Mm-hmm. You that animal is never going to come and thank you for not having uh, killed him or her. Right? right. So, so that's number one. Uh, and that, of course, comes from an animal lover's perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two, of course, it will improve your health, whether it, whether you talk about cholesterol, all the junk food that you eat. Of course, junk food can be vegan or not vegan, but I'm just saying we've gone to a culture yeah. of eating all these fried, uh, you know, non-vegan foods. Uh, so if you anyways want to spoil your health with junk, I would say you might as well do it with vegan food where you're not harming uh, other beings. But on a more uh, serious note, I think the environment will also vastly, vastly uh, be benefited mm-hmm. if even 50% of the world went vegan. Of course, I would love it to be 100, but realistically, that's going to take really long. Right. Uh, because we all know about the effects of methane and, you know, the water pollution uh, and, you know, the just the fact that so many resources have to be utilized mm. to feed these animals for six months or 12 months uh, and then eat them, right? So if we just do the math, you feed an animal for 12 months, that means you need water, land, resources, humans working towards it to create that food, to create those fertilizers. And we have, I don't know, I don't have the numbers, but we have so many people dying of starvation and children not getting food. So those resources could very well be used to create food for human beings. Mm. I would say that, you know, would be the other uh, benefit that we can think of, that we can come closer to reducing world starvation if resources were uh, diverted smartly. Mm. And I think climate change, we all know it's a big topic nowadays. Uh, but the only missing point I see is that people are still not connecting climate change with food. Mm. Think about switching the light bulb off, whereas the diet that you uh, follow is actually having a bigger impact than all the transport in the world combined. Mm. Can you understand that? Like just what you have on your plate uh, creates more uh, pollution or harms the climate more than what you than a flight that you might actually take. Mm, well said. You know, there is also there is also a very interesting debate that I have listened to and have spoken to many people uh, on the taste of plant-based uh, yeah. meats. Uh, what are your views on how important is the taste to get a meat eater to be able to switch to plant-based meats? It depends on that person's reason, right? Like. For me, I mean, of, of course, I end up having that bias because I am able to compromise at times. Correct. But from a hardcore meat eater who might not have the same set of values, mm. I think it's very important to get the, the texture, flavor, everything right. Mm. Because I've seen that as well that, oh, you know, when you feed a meat eater and he'll be like, oh, it doesn't taste the same. Mm. But I think all good things take time. Correct. And I think on the right track, mm. uh, it's already getting better. Right across the across the world, I've eaten in a few places. Wherever I've eaten them, I see tastes are getting better. Uh, mm. the, the the technology is getting better, mm. right? And I think human beings are known for innovation and technology. And food has been lagging for the last couple of centuries because we've been eating the same kind of meat and dairy, but that's changing over the last one or two decades. Mm. And I think next two or three decades, I, I hopefully even sooner. I think that this might just be the norm. Anything. 
So it is also said that, uh, you know, there's this view that if you eat uh, meat, you get proteins. And yet people say that the protein that we're trying to get from meat is getting their protein from plants. So we're using a very inefficient conversion mechanism to get our proteins. I'd love to get a little more uh, knowledge about this from you because you're the expert here. What you said is pretty much self-explanatory, right? Mm. Like you said, it's, it's just the fact. But again, we don't, I, I'll go back to schooling. We are, we are mm. not that. What we are taught is calcium comes from milk. milk. But what is not taught to us is that uh, countries that consume more milk have the most osteoporosis cases in the world. Wow. Mm. That consume less, have lesser. You can pick up, you can just Google this and mm. the list of countries. It's, it's mm. really simple. Similarly, when it comes to meat, because mm. your question was, you know, specifically on meat though, uh, again, we don't need meat. We need mm. protein. Yeah. Right? So itself tells you anything that has protein can be nutritious enough. Of course, the composition might differ mm. uh, in terms of the carbs and the fats, etc. So that is a valid point because mm. grains the uh, or, you know, let's say other vegetarian or vegan foods, the carbs might be relatively higher. Mm. My point is, I mean, will you die? Will you suffer? No, those are foods that we can still thrive. Mm. 98% of the world is probably not hardcore bodybuilders who, who are trying to make a living and, you know, need that exact fat composition or, you know, uh, all of that. I think most of us just eat because we love to eat. We eat because it's a habit. We eat because it's a tradition, a culture, etc. And I think for most of us, it shouldn't matter if, you know, you eat one carb more or one carb less. But look at the benefits as well. Like you're reducing your cholesterol to zero. Mm. You're uh, not injecting, uh, uh, you know, products that are classified to be as bad as tobacco. And I'm referring to red meat. Mm. Well said. These are studies by famous organizations in the world. So, yeah, I think that, that itself, but of course, it needs to be told to people again and again and again, unfortunately, uh, you know, for people to understand. Very interesting. So let me now move to the other part, which you just spoke about, which is milk. You know, in a country like India, uh, or for that matter, most countries, yeah. milk has traditionally for thousands of years been a part of a staple diet. Yeah. Now, it's another thing that people say that human beings are the only people who consume the milk of another animal, etc., etc. But what is the vegan industry doing to be able to first get people to accept that milk is or may not necessarily be that good. And second, there are almost no substitutes available which have even the slightest check texture similar to milk and milk products. Milk is indeed quite tricky. How do you replicate something that comes from inside an animal? I mean, it's just science. Like, But human beings are known to play God. Right, so so we're already trying to do that. I mean, I, you know, with companies trying to get there, but I agree, it's not going to be hundred percent. But it's like you can pick up two different masalas mm -hmm. and put them in your food. Will they ever be the same? It's really that. I think it's more about just us evolving with our uh, with our choices and diets more than anything else. And it's just a matter of trying things two or three times, mm -hmm. right? Oatly and you know, like the brands that I mentioned, they're all working to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's also something that the customer or the consumer has to also give it, you know, some benefit of doubt, which unfortunately is not 
possible in today's world. But I think what the bigger brands are doing now is they're trying to uh, do two things. One, of course, show the real side of the dairy industry, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the cruelty, the uh, really how we go against the law of nature right. to, to, to create milk and, you know, uh, produce it at such a massive scale mm. and not even blinks an eye. And specifically to India, we call the cow a mother. Mm. And things we do to this mother, this so-called mother, mm. if people, you know, they'd be ashamed of themselves. Well said, well said. Well uh, you said. can't call someone a mother and then uh, uh, do what you do to a cow. Mm. Well said. There is another myth and this I have picked up from uh, Southeast Asia, I would say. Yeah. Where a lot of mock meats yeah. are soya based or soy based, right? Uh, how correct is this, or or is there now many many more different fine forms of plant based products available for mock meats? Yes. So soya, of course, has predominantly always been the major one, and you you rightly pointed it out. It started off from probably Southeast Asia, but now it's globally correct. accepted, even in India. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, soya has a bad name mm. with, uh, of the word estrogen. Mm. How, again, lack of understanding, lack of schooling. Right. So, not have estrogen. Soya has phytoestrogen, mm. like a false estrogen, which has the same composition as estrogen, but it does not have the same, uh, you know, sort of uh, reactions to the human body. But in any case, in today's times, you also have a lot of pea-based products coming in. Pea. Right? So, so pea-based, so, pea-based, so okay. equally uh, uh, better. Of course, the compositions in terms of nutrition would be slightly different. Mm. The taste is slightly different. But again, uh, many people are starting to favor pea-based meats uh, to uh, soya-based. Again, just because of the lack of understanding. Sure. And in some cases, it's even a mix. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So now let me come to, uh, to Vegano. Uh, tell me about the kind of, I mean, I went to visit your web, website and you seem to have a huge range of products. Um, and I was planning to order some for myself. Uh, tell me about the products that are available and some of the products you're likely to launch. Yeah. So currently, uh, like you see, we've been focusing majorly on meats and dairies, dairy alternatives, right? That again is where I think, uh, you know, we can actually make an impact more than you know just sales but we, we also want to make an impact so you'll see we're focusing mainly on those because also that's something people like to consume again and again so there's also a certain stickiness you want to have your curd regularly or your milk or your chai and you know those things really uh, help people to get used to it i think it's all about getting used to the flavor the taste because like you said earlier you know the taste might be slightly different mm-hmm. so so right now i think we're focusing mainly on meat and dairies We'll eventually also be uh, branching out into a lot of uh, groceries. We do have them, but again, groceries, you know, a lot of them are inherently vegan. So, you know, we, we don't uh, sort of classify them as like, don't go around saying, oh, rice is vegan or not. Mm-hmm. It's inherently vegan. So mm-hmm. I think in terms of products, I think what uh, you can basically find on our uh, platform is a wide range of kebabs, uh, momos, uh, burgers, uh, nuggets and sausages. I mean, mm-hmm. if you would like to eat as a meat eater, you have them. Of course, you, you have different brands, different flavors, uh, classic ones, uh, spicy ones. You, you can choose from a variety. And mm-hmm. the same for uh, our dairy, plant-based milks and mm-hmm. other derivatives. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's a wide range. And in the coming quarters, uh, 
we'll be looking at also launching few other specific segments in meat which obviously currently aren't i can't list them out right now because mm-hmm. we still works. but uh, again the idea is to replicate everything that we uh, on a day to day basis like mm-hmm. if you a particular kind of meat you'll probably only think of switching if you can find something else correct uh, which tastes same and most importantly probably one thing we haven't touched upon is the pricing mm something i personally also understand that uh, plant based meats often are slightly priced higher mm. but it's also because the technology is new the companies are new mm. only when they reach a certain level will the prices come down mm. uh, i think uh, we people who can afford these things right now have a major role to play because mm. when we buy these it will help these companies to you know improve their volumes and bring their prices down over the next 5 years yeah. the next set of people can also consume it mm. well said uh, i have time for two more questions clive my next question is that for someone who's doing so much work where are you getting your research and your technology from yeah. so right now uh, we are majorly focusing on being a marketplace which means more of aggregators we okay. are looking at launching our own range of products as well but that's obviously on the sides but currently most of our analysis is is relatively on the simpler side in terms of just identifying the people who are doing good work hmm thankfully with technology it's not so challenging you know it's easy to find or locate these brands and, and the good thing is many of these brands locate us themselves right. so it simplifies our work as well we have a very small team but it's growing we are mainly based out of mumbai but we'll also be looking at a couple of other cities mm-hmm. in this uh, so yeah but like i said i think uh, as we are venturing into our own uh, range of products yeah. that's where you know our research and other analysis will have to be uh but yeah, that that's probably something for that we're looking at 2023 very interesting because one of the, one of the things that i observed when i went to your website was that majority of the products seem to be available only in mumbai so uh, i guess people like me in delhi will have to wait a little longer oh, so yeah just uh, just to add there i mean so anything that is frozen or refrigerated is currently restricted to mumbai navi mumbai thane because again we have our cold yeah. in facility there and anything that's ambient but that's also a few good hundreds of products that can be shipped pan india so uh, yeah understand so i look for those ones then so my last question to you uh, clive and this is for uh, many many young people who will listen to our conversation yeah. what would you say are three lessons you would want the young people to take away from the perspective of veganism so one i think we all need to be we all need to start being a little selfless mm-hmm. of course we all want to study make money and you know all of that i think all of that is great but we yeah. also need to look around and try and help the society of course everyone need not start a vegan venture yeah. but you can always you know take you know maybe sort of assist certain ngos or volunteer mm-hmm. if you don't have the time uh, or you know just or if you don't have anything just fix yourself mm-hmm. what you have on the table i would say that's the first step yeah. uh, towards veganism because what you do your children your family your neighbors your friends they will yeah. also get impacted right. so that's uh, step number 1 uh, step number 2 i would say if you're really inclined to do something uh, on the vegan front uh, mm. you should definitely either start on your own uh if not you need to you can you know just look for a job and probably learn the art in a couple of uh, years or months and then take the jump and if you're 
and the third point would be again related to my second mm-hmm. point starting on your own mm-hmm. that's probably going to be the most difficult phases of your life as well but it's also going to be the most challenging it mm-hmm. is something that will give you good a good night's sleep as well because you know you're doing something that's bigger than yourself mm-hmm. but yes I, i must warn that it is definitely challenging because you mentioned earlier the awareness is limited it's growing mm-hmm. what's important is that you survive that you sustain yourself for the next couple of years mm. we think when we believe that people will be kinder to animals people will be more open to plant based foods where people will be more scientifically aware of their nutrition mm. and then yeah maybe we can you know hope to be in a better world at that time and that's mm. when probably these businesses will be able to thrive amazing amazing clive on that note uh, and your comment of be selfless fix yourself first thank you so much for speaking to me uh, about vegano about your incredible journey as an entrepreneur as someone who uh, being a hardcore meat eater switched to becoming a vegan thank you for talking to me at such length about what is happening in the world of vegans and how more and more products are coming up and and thank you again for your amazing lessons and i think one lesson for me which i take away while making notes as you were speaking was that uh, countries which have the maximum milk consumption seem to have the maximum amount of osteoporosis and i think that is a huge 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 myth that we seem to have in india as well thank you again for speaking to me and good luck thank you ashish it was lovely talking thank you thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you